Welcome back to Puppet Hunt Radio with Matt and... Lane. But I'm Lane. I'm Matt. So, what do we have for us today? Well, I found part one of a two-parter. Finally. Uh, Double Talk, part one. Yes. Have you listened to it? Yes. Okay. No. No, no I haven't. Okay. No. So, we I don't forgot. know what's happening. I misunderstood That's the okay. question. We'll, we'll talk about we'll it after. We'll hear it in we'll a listen, moment. We'll listen to it together and... Um, uh, I think it would be a good idea to just talk about some of the email that's come in ever since the, the mm-hmm. last show. We've got the email up and running. All right, so we have, um, first up is Rowan Sears from Cantonment, Florida, writes, Dear Lane, you owe Matt an apology. Hmm. Yes, he interrupts you, but you complimented yourself for letting him finish one of his stories. I don't remember that. Uh, you sounded smug. You know, another thing that I wanted to talk about. I'm not done with his letter, but go ahead. Um, I wanted to uh, tell you that I got an email from a, uh, a Johnson55 at oldfolkshome.com. At the risk of upsetting Rowan Sears, can I finish his letter here? Oh, yeah, or go ahead. Both, because he doesn't. He probably wants to hear the end of his. Okay. And, yeah. This okay. is. I was just going to say that it's. It wasn't an. It was. It, it, I think it was an advertisement. Oh. Okay. Um, uh, it's not pleasant for me to read this, but it says, so we're back to his quote here. You sounded smug, referring to me, you sounded smug and condescending. Mm. I feel like that's, those are like the same thing, aren't they? Holier than thou? Well, I guess so. It's turning into kind of a ad hominem. Yeah, here, so. this guy has it in for you. Yeah. Matt has a brain that spawns ideas so rapidly he can't control his discharge. Oh, thank you. That's what it says. Yeah. Love the show. Mm. Okay. Thank well, you, Rowan. Yeah. I don't know if you... Do you feel like you need an apology? I mean... An apology? Yeah. For that compliment? Well, it says at the beginning of the letter, you remember you coming off, it says, you, Matt, it, Lane, you owe Matt an apology. For what again? Well, <clears throat> apparently I interrupted you. No, no, you're interrupting me is what it says. But then I'm uh, complimenting myself. No, I don't I'm know. Fine. Maybe we shouldn't really read like... No, you don't want to read too much. Emails. Yeah, you don't want to read too much into these. Yeah. Well, it's really not... I mean, this isn't... I guess the introduction and the closing part are, are belong to us. But, I mean... Legally. A few people have been confused over what the premise of the, the our podcast is... These are found audio recordings. This I want to put the straightforward stuff, folks. Yeah, put the put the um, request out there again. If you have access to any old audio media at all, and we've discovered that it could be on vinyl, it could be, could be on reel to reel. I guess it could be on cassette tapes. At, at this somebody... point, it could be digital. All right, here's a here's a more positive email. Oh, good. Uh, came in. It says, "I." It's anonymous. Mm. I am a forestry service technician. Oh, in these times, huh? And then it says Timber in parentheses after that, who downloads your show and mm-hmm. listens on the job, so don't use my name. Okay, I guess he's worried that he'd get in trouble if his boss found uh, out about this. Are you not allowed to listen to audio and well, you're like in these times jumping? with the federal employees and the current state of political affairs? Well, I know you don't like to get political. I know we wanted these to be evergreen episodes eliminated about three pages of my notes of things i wanted to talk about theories i've been reading about online sounds like we're getting into it anyway no no i promised i wouldn't talk right, about it so we're still in the middle of this email oh yeah here. sorry i didn't mean to interrupt while in the forest this is our anonymous okay. writer here while in the forest i story. the timber technician while in the forest i think about puppet shock a lot hmm. 
when Rock loses his puppet, he can't remember people's names. Why is this, and does this really happen? Hmm. Well, we're not the experts. I'm no on that. expert. Yeah. Yeah. You should see a, a professional. It certainly seems, based on the episodes, it does seem like Rock seems to have offloaded some of his mental capacities to Jerry. Like remembering names and writing stuff down. Oh, yeah, you you read all those books, so you would know more about that than me. About the offloading. offloading. That's a that's a term. Well, so that was uh, the only, po a, that was think... only positive email I got. I guess it was sort of oh, positive. Sorry, I'll let you finish. It just it was a, asking a question. I guess that it was, was the only one. Neutral. Yeah, it was those two negative ones and then a neutral one. A lot of spam. We're getting a lot of spam. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily related to our content. Well, some of it I wonder if it's actual readers because it's hard to decipher that. Again, uh, I wanted to. I have an idea that I'd like to uh, just spring it on. I don't you want to sound air. condescending, but can you point your voice more towards the microphone instead of towards the corner of the oh, room? Well, there's so much baffling in here. I, I lost the microphone in the. Ah, uh, okay. Anyway, yeah, it's um, over here. I, I, I have an idea to raise our numbers of oh, listeners. Okay. Um, have you heard of the prison system? I'm talking to you, not the, our listeners. Uh, so my idea, and I'm, I'm assuming and you're not saying anything that you have. So what I was going to suggest is there are a lot of people in prison, especially now with the private prison industry, which is in our times, again, with the timber and all that, um, that it's, it's just over the top. And these people, they can't leave. They're literally a captive audience. Wow. So I hadn't if of that. we can do more prison-related introduction and outros and things like that, things about prison, things about uh, bars like, mm -hmm. and living in the prison life, escaping, things that they'd like to listen to, uh, we could probably capture that huh. audience, so well, this I wanted a, to just surprise you with that idea. It is a crime-themed show. Uh -huh. I mean, they are solving crimes. So, Prisoners I mean, like crime. Yeah. I noticed, I, 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 from what little I know of the incarcerated world, is I know that you don't ever confess when they say, like, they say, what are you in for? No, you don't say. You don't say, I did something. No, you just you say, what are you in for? As though you're essentially putting, you're offloading the br the blame. Uh-huh. Uh, did I already mention offloading earlier? Yeah, no, okay. I, I like this. It's a theme. Okay, so I don't know how we would necessarily reach out. Just more prison stuff. I think the, more prison topics. So you think it, just by word of mouth it would get just around? Just say things that uh, shank. What's another prison thing? We can talk about prison movies. Um, oh, okay. Again, escaping. Things that talk about escaping, because that's probably stuff they think about. Oh, and another related thing. In I, the I, introduction to the episodes? Well, we can't talk about it. Well, I guess we could talk about it after, but... Okay. I don't know. It was just a thought. We could workshop it. All right. So you're saying, like, it will really increase listenership around the around the country. We can only go up. And... Once we incontrovertible. reach once we reach about ten thousand viewers, yes, which is a you know Listeners. I don't want to I've been tracking the numbers. Yeah, we have a ways to go. I know I said I wouldn't tell you the exact numbers. Right, we're not close. Okay, so I'm not going to get you all excited. Okay, but um, we are moving up. Okay, we're getting closer to that like number. Three thousand, maybe four thousand. I, I want to give it away. I okay. don't even say if you're getting you are getting warmer. Okay. technically. Okay, uh, if warmer means over. Then you're warmer. Okay. Uh, but you're heading in the right direction. Anyway, we could get a sponsor. So I was thinking of various sponsors. 
Uh, I was walking around town looking at a lot, a lot of local uh, places uh, that might sponsor us. And it hit me. Um, there's a drink called Red Bull that uh, a lot of people drink. I saw some kids drinking it, millennials, the Y generation, yes. all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it gives you some pep, but it's more of a caffeine, uh, like a coffee, but uh, less flavorful. Uh, so we could have them, Red Bull Presents Puppet Hunt, or Red Bull Presents Matt and Lane, uh, Red Bull uh, Presenting, huh. something like that. And then they could give us money because we say the name of their product on air. Well, we, we already have just said it. So do you think, like, retroactively we, we should could, go after them and or... We should monetize it, Should yeah. we tell them that we've recorded this and that we are not going to put it out on the air until they it's, sponsor us? It's extortion. But that, you know, it could work. Huh. We should again. That's the prison. The prison right. demographic extortion. Okay. Work it. Work it into that. All right. I don't know if these two work in tandem with each other, but yeah, I think it's our demographic, though. All right. The, well, the in puppet crime noir. I've also narrative. noticed there's a lot of times when I ask you to like edit something or fix it in post, and uh-huh. when you're doing it, it still stays in. So I imagine this part's going to still be in, I'll even if note. we talk about editing uh, out. And, so if make, All right, well, should we get on with the oh, right. hyping the episode? I got lost in the whole... I had written so many notes, I was reading them. Ah, yes, it is exciting. Double talk. Double talk. So episode we don't, one. don't know what it's about. Do you imagine this is another one of those monkey episodes? I or? hope. I can sounds, only hope. Sounds like it's a monkey episode. Monkey, and I know there's puppets involved, so okay. I'm in either way. And technically they were apes, right? The orangutan is, an, is a great ape. Yeah, I don't, I'm no scientist. Okay. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy part one of... Double, Double talk. talk. File of Facts 47-S-5, Double Talk, Entry 1. Nick Salmon speaking, and unfortunately recording six months after the close of case for reasons that will soon become clear. The following dicta-belt recording is made from my typewritten notes, which were taken from my original handwritten case notes. I catch a whisper of the stink on Walleye Road. By the time I get to Flotsam Avenue, it's screaming up my nose. The mayor's pet project is going gangbusters, that's for sure. Progress. As long as you're okay with the smell of day-old mackerel. Get your copy of the Large Neck Trombone Special Edition. Read it here first. Councilman Checkmates Cannery Construction. Haddock halted. Extra. Oh, golly, Mr. Salmon. Hey there, buddy. Uh, Say, I'll take one of those. There you go, Mr. Salmon. Hmm, this new councilman Mulray sure likes to pick a fight. Blocking the construction project is a bold move. I admire his pluck. This Franklin Haddock is used to getting what he wants. He's got friends in high places. Oh, sure, he's a construction magnate, Mr. Salmon. I think that's magnate, buddy. (laughs) Okay. I just read an article about him in the Daily Flume. Quite an interesting character. Did you know what his nickname was as a boy? Oh, sure don't, Mr. Salmon. Sacky. Huh, can you believe it? Couldn't afford shoes, so he had to wear old flower sacks on his feet. How's that for a name? Sacky Haddock. Well, I bet no one calls him that these days. Oh, yeah. He probably wears $5 shoes every day now. Boy, I wish I had shoes. Or even flower sacks. Say, what are you doing down here, Mr. Salmon? You working a case? Nah, buddy, I've got a date. The brown mullet. 
Oh, the mullet! That new club on Saline Drive. I hear the magician Roddy Drake III is doing his show there tonight. Rock Handy hates the magic, boys. Good thing he's not going with you. Oh, uh, yeah, good thing. Yeah, he sure does have a gripe with magicians. Say, who's uh, selling these flowers, buddy? This here's Gabby's wagon, but he couldn't make it out of here tonight on account of his rheumatism. Well, I'm not sure what that is, but it don't sound good. I told him I'd keep an eye on his cart for him. Well, that sounds just swell, buddy. Now I got two jobs at the same time, which is the way I like it. What do you need, Mr. Nix? Pansies? Sure. Uh, how about a dozen of those yellow ones uh, with a vase? Thanks. Keep the change. Uh, you sure are working late. Oh, gee, Mr. Salmon, this ain't late. According to that big clock on the first federal, it's only 8.30. And once I unload these papers, I still got another job over at the oil refinery. Mr. Palbo pays me a solid nickel for every drum I clean out. You see, I'm small enough to get inside him and reach all the crannies. You sure got a swell job, Mr. Nix. Gee, I wish I was a detective. Well, I guess it is a pretty exciting profession, buddy. Say, did you say 8.30? Suffering cats. Oh, darn this cheap watch. See you later. I, I gotta go meet a girl. Now, hey, Mr. Salmon, you shouldn't go running through those alleyways. You might trip over a hobo. Golly, that's the life. Someday I'm going to be a detective or a gangster. I take a shortcut through the alley, but get turned around and come out onto an unfamiliar street. I cut through a building that's under construction and notice a group of men going into an office and follow them inside to ask directions. Uh, excuse me, gentlemen. That's right, it's that familiar sound again. Yes, ladies from all across the nation are happy to hear that Intermezzo, Italian brand hand liniment, is back on the shelves of your favorite grocery store, made just as it was before the war. After a long day, that familiar light brown sap is just what ladies need to soothe their chafed and rough-feeling hands and feet. It's the same pre-war formula, but now it's emulsified. Children are also excited to hear that Intermezzo is back to comfort and soften their tiny hands, ankles, and wrists in those cold, dry winter months. Why, even men are head over heels to find out about the return of Intermezzo Italian brand hand liniment. That's right, men don't like the feel of red, chapped, cracked, and lacerated forearms, calves, and palms any more than the ladies. Yes, when your extremities need attention, visit your local grocer and pick up that familiar olive green tub of Intermezzo Italian brand hand liniment. Same pre-war quantity, same pre-war quality at the same pre-war price. And remember, it's emulsified. The good news is, 
Those bullets weren't meant for me. The bad news? Well, turns out there's a lot of bad news. The recipient of those bullets lay sprawled on the floor in a pool of his own blood. I recognize him as the city councilman, Russell Mulray. I just saw his mug on the front page of the paper. Crikey! Who the devil is this fella? Beat it, Poindexter. This ain't no peep show. I placed the ringleader, too. I looked down at my copy of the trombone to be sure. No mistaking that face. It's Franklin Haddock. Bad timing, pencil neck. Don't just stand there, you idiot. Ice him. We can't afford any witnesses. Hey, you're, uh, you're a Saki Haddock. Saki? Saki? Why, you? Nobody calls me that! Give me that gun! I'm gonna plug this milksop myself! For a second I panic. Then I think, what would Rock Handy do? I haul back to throw the vase of flowers at the goon with a gun. But a bullet shatters it before I can deliver. Plan B. I hit the light switch and run. Hey, he's getting away! He tripped over the rubbish bins. Time to take out the trash. Out of ammo. Take this, you thug. Ah, my knee. One man's trash is another man's treasure. I reckon that's a home run. Right in the neck. That two by four should shut him up. Hey, stop or I'll shoot. Ah, oh, forget the skinny bloke. It's a walloper. I'm a hit. Uh... Blimey! Frankie, Heisman's been shot! What did I tell you about using names, you dumb Aussie? Leave him, he's done for! We'll be back for you later, Pencil Nick. (laughs) This one's dead! The other two went south on Albacore! Get on the horn and let Central know we got a 217 in progress! And call an ambulance! This little guy is hurt! Mister, you okay? Hey mister, say something! My throat was on fire. One of the thugs lay a few feet away, framed in crimson. The cops had arrived just in time, but that two-by-four the thug hit me with, why it must have busted my vocal cords or something. I try to talk, but all that comes out is a faint whistle. I've lost my voice. The next morning, I meet my partner Rock Handy back at the office. It was a long night at the emergency room. No broken bones, but I still can't speak. The doctor recommended a specialist, otolaryngologist Dr. Gladys Casings. I was expecting a house call any minute. Cops asked me to come back when I could talk again and give a statement. Well, it's morning, but I still can't so much as whisper. So you really can't talk at all, eh, pal? All right, all right, take it easy. Listen, I need to get your story straight if I'm going to be doing the talking. So you saw who killed the councilman? Okay, okay. And you recognized him? Yes, all right. Let me think. Ah, maybe charades. Uh, Is it animal, vegetable, or mineral, and how many syllables? 
Okay, uh, one finger. Um, uh, uh, what are you doing now? You writing? Okay. Uh, the killer? The killer is a writer. What's this? You want me to read this? Okay, okay, sure. Uh, from the desk of Rock Handy. I don't get it. What's all this got to do with my desk? Turn it over. Hmm, there's more writing on the back. The killer is Franklin Haddock. Haddock? Holy crow, the, the developer? Let me see that copy of the Daily Flume. Let's see, Franklin Haddock, real estate developer, is seeking city council's approval for construction of multi-unit residential housing in the West Large Neck Cannery development. Blah, 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 Mayor Jennifer backs the plan. Opposition led by Councilman Russell Mulray. Make that former councilman. Uh, well, here's some more bad news. The knuckle-dragger that got plugged was an ex-cop. Hanson or Hensman. Something like that. I remember him from the force. Real bad egg. Crooked as a barrel of fish hooks. He had a lot of friends downtown. What about the other thug? Notice anything particular about him? More writing, huh? Okay. Uh, uh, accent. Okay. He had an Australian accent. Oh, great. Boy, you really stepped in it this time, Salmon. The Australian syndicate might have a hand in this, too. Corruption, bad cops, the mob. We better be on our guard if we're gonna... Shh! Rock grabs a letter opener and moves quietly to the side of the door. Good morning, Mr. Salmon. It's good to see you again. Sorry it had to be under such unfortunate circumstances. May I come in? Dr. Gladys Casings, large neck's most prominent otolaryngologist, strictly ear, nose, and throat. When we first met, I spent a week wooing her, only to see her fall for my partner. Months later, the rejection's still hard to swallow. I motion to my throat to let her know I can't talk, then invite her in. Yes, I understand. Please don't try to speak. Thank you. Is... I was hoping Rock might be here. I haven't heard from him since... What's that? Something behind the door? Mr. Handy, Rocky, what are you doing back there? I misplaced my shoehorn. I thought I might have dropped it behind this door, but all I found was this letter opener. It's good to see you again, Gladys. You look lovely. Is that a new necklace? It looks lovely. No, <laughs> this is my stethoscope. It's good to see you. I haven't heard from you since... Well, I... Uh, I should get down to business. Business, eh? Yes, your partner's injury. Sure, sure, business. Yes, he was hit in the neck, and now he can't talk. Hit in the neck? Yes, I see. Hmm. Mr. Salmon, please relax and try to breathe normally. Now, does it hurt if I press here? No? And here? Oh, I'm sorry. Please open your mouth and say, ah. 
Oh, dear. This is worse than I thought. Severe drama resulting in a vocal cord hemorrhage. If your voice is to return, and I say if because there is a chance it may not, you need to refrain from speaking or using your voice in any way for at least a full week. This is quite a serious condition, Mr. Salmon. Here you are. My instructions. Something to help you sleep. Now you must gargle twice a day with a mild saline solution, absolutely no speaking, and try to avoid unnecessary stress. Good luck, Mr. Salmon, and goodbye, Rocky. Call me sometime. Sure, sure, Gladys. See you around. Okay, you got your marching orders. I guess we'd better get... You gonna answer that? All right, I guess I'll have to get it then. Handy and Salmon, PPI, Rock Handy speaking. Morning, Chief. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, he sure does. It was Franklin Haddock. The... All right, calm down, Blonson. You don't have to yell. I can hear you just fine. Yes, that Franklin Haddock. Yeah, he's sure. Inconvenient, ain't it? All right, all right. We'll be there in 15 minutes. The chief wants you downtown to take your statement. Yeah, I know you can't talk. Take it easy, Butternut. We'll figure something out. Listen, be on your toes when we get there. Some of those cops, well, they may be working for Haddock. I trust Chief Williams, but I can't vouch for anyone beyond that. This is going to be a, a delicate situation. Don't worry, I'll do all the talking. That fact gave me little comfort. Rock Handy was a man of action. Words were not his strong suit. And as of this morning, they definitely weren't mine either. When we arrive at the police station, I can feel the cops' eyes on me as we exit the car. I'm not sure whom to trust. Suddenly a paddy wagon pulls up and who should they pull out of the back but Franklin Haddock? For a moment we lock eyes and I reflexively reach up to my throat. We turn to a side entrance where Chief Blonson Williams is waiting for us. Come in, boys, come in! Nicolio, you look terrible. Can I get you anything? Ah, he's fine. How are you, Chief? As well as can be expected under the circumstances, we brought in Haddock. Yeah, we noticed. He didn't look too worried. I suppose he's not. I guarantee you he'll be out on bail by tonight. Listen, fellas, uh, Haddock is connected, if you understand my meaning. Uh, Nicolio, are you sure he was the one? I mean, it was dark and you were under a lot of stress. Chief, thanks for the out, but we're not taking it. I've known men like Haddock before. You back down and they hit you anyway. Nix ain't scared of Haddock one bit, and we're going to see he gets what's coming to him. He's nothing but a two-bit crumb. A two-bit millionaire is more like it. All right, boys. Don't say I didn't warn you. Me or Jennifer ain't gonna like it, but I guess that's my headache. Speaking of headaches, how you feeling, Nicolio? Still can't talk, eh? It's gonna make testifying tricky. Let's see. Ah, here we are. I need to know everything you remember about last night. You can use my typewriter. I'll uh, give you a little privacy. Rocky, can I have a word? 
Listen, Rock, I got no proof, but I think some of the boys here might be on the take. The syndicate has long fingers. You fellas are going to be getting it from all sides if you go ahead with this. Mayor Jennifer needs this development. Money, the greatest lubricant. Look, I'll do what I can for you, but... Yeah, thanks a million, Chief. Don't strain yourself. Ah, don't be like that, Rocky. I'm in a tight spot. Look, the new DA is going to be here in a few minutes, and uh, I'll introduce you to her. Her? What happened to Farnsworth? He got a, a better offer, I hear. He moved to the East Coast. The syndicate again. Sure, sure, I get it. Rocky, there's something else. Yeah? Haddock's attorney is the ventriloquist lawyer Lance Sternwood and his dummy, Cecil... Cecil Cummerbund, the defense attorney to the quest. A great defense is a good fence. Wait, now how's that go again, Lance? Get off the fence and get a good defense. Call Lance Sternwood, voice of the quists. And Cecil, it's two for the price of one. For all your puppet-related law needs, Fingerlings 5333. Well, well, if it isn't rock handy, so good to see you again. Don't play dumb, Lance. What's all this about, anyway? I thought you only represented Quists. Haddock is a bum. A bum who pays his bills? You ventriloquists, uh, you don't manage your money very well. Uh, present company included, of course. Say, now wait just a minute, Cecil. Eh, just ribbing you, Lance, old buddy. Come on, let's go find our paycheck. I mean, client. Ah, <laughs> sure thing, pal. Oh, and uh, I tell your dummy uh, uh, partner, Mr. Salmon, I, I wish him luck. He's gonna need it. Yeah. <laughs> I sure hope this new DA knows what she's doing. Those two have never lost a case. Ah, Nicolio. Yes, yes, this looks in order. Oh, and one more thing. Don't leave town, either of you. I'll send a squad car by to keep an eye on you. For your own safety, of course. Of course. Good morning, gentlemen. I'm District Attorney Sadie Green. The new DA is tall and has a determined look about her. But other than that, she doesn't inspire confidence. Her raven hair is disheveled, and she holds a stack of files in a precarious pile that looks likely to topple over at any moment. I glance over at my partner as he's shaking her hand a little too long, and can't at first place the expression on his face. Maybe consternation? Nausea? Then it hits me. He's smitten. After meeting with the DA, we returned to the office. It was refreshing to see Rock's usual bombastic personality subdued around Miss Green, but unfortunately, as it turns out, the DA is an amateur magician. That was enough to snap Rock out of his reverence and turn him back into the blunt instrument I've come to know. Rock is not a fan of magic. Some kind of local rivalry between ventriloquists and magicians. As an outsider, I'm slowly learning Large Neck's peculiarities, of which there seems to be no shortage. Large Neck and Chips at Sea, this is KACK Radio. Chiming in on the hour for breaking news. The time now is 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Dateline, Large Neck. 
the city prepares for the trial of the century. Franklin Haddock, philanthropist and real estate tycoon accused of murder. Now back to our program. Without you on the stand, our enchanting Miss Green won't stand a chance. This trial of the century could only last 15 minutes. I've seen Lance and Cecil at work before. Trust me, they're ruthless on the witness stand. You gonna eat that sandwich? No, you can have it. I can write pretty pass fast. Ah, maybe that would work from the stand. But working ain't the same as talking. That puppet, Cecil, will twist your words around your neck and you'll end up hanging yourself. Well, at least the syndicate is no threat to you, as long as they think you can't talk. You know, it's too bad, because we could use you as bait. Then when one of them knuckle-draggers makes a play to try to kill you, I could smash him in the kisser and make him confess. Uh, that sounds dangerous. Hmm. Nah, don't worry about me, pal. I'll be fine. I'm gonna let in some fresh air. This whole thing stinks worse than Cantor's pork and oyster on rendering day. Ah. That must be the cop car Blonson sent to watch us. Unmarked, but you can spot one of Large Neck's finest a mile away. Say, that dame walking up the street sure looks familiar. Miss Tina Plotkin. She must be coming to pay us a visit. Probably read about your busted voice in the... Stop the presses. I just had a doozy of an idea. Yeah, yeah. This just might work. All right, you play along and we may come out on top. Let's see, uh, okay. Ah, perfect. Okay, listen up. Uh, I'm gonna hide in um, this here wardrobe. You act like you're alone and make like you're all healed up. Just pretend to talk and I'll speak for you by throwing my voice. One thing I've learned about Tina from when we were an item, you can't put one over on her very easily. Believe me, I tried. We can convince Miss Tina Pluckin that your voice is back, and we can convince anybody. When word hits the paper that you're able to testify, we'll force Haddock to make a move. And when he comes for you, I clobber him. Case closed. Why are you making that face? You look like you're trying to open a pickle jar. You gotta get a hold of yourself and straighten up your tie for Pete's sake. We're professionals. There we go. This plan is foolproof. Remember, just move your mouth and I'll do the rest. Let her in, Butternut. Before I could protest, Rock had hidden himself away in the wardrobe. Without thinking it through, I opened the door, feeling Miss Tina Plotkin, City Hall's most alluring functionary. Oh, Nix! When you didn't show up at the club, I thought you stood me up. Then after I heard what happened, you, your poor throat... Sure, Miss Tina Plotkin. I can talk just fine. It would take more than a few dime store thugs to take Nicolio Salmon out of action. 
But wait, the paper said you had lost your voice, maybe permanently. You hear me talking, don't you? Besides, nothing is permanent in this two-bit town. Voices are like people, they come and go. The three of us are here together now, and that's all that matters. Three of us? Yes. Three. You, me, and the moonlight. Something seems different about you, Butternut. Butternut, huh? Do I look like Butternut to you? Soft? Easily carved? No, I didn't think so. Nobody calls me Butternut anymore, not after what I've been through. Sure, sure, I didn't I didn't mean nothing by it. Don't be sore, I thought you kind of liked it. Say, where's Rock? Rock Handy? He's out in the city, keeping people safe, with only his fists and a letter opener. How about a drink? Why, sure, I'll have... Scotch and soda on the rocks with a twist of lime, or I'm guessing... <laughs> Why, yes, that's it exactly. Thank you. Oh, my. I'm so strong. I'm glad you're okay, Butter. I mean, glad you're okay, Nix. Call me Nikki. Sure, sure, I'm okay now that you're here. Mm. <laughs> you seem so confident, so... Kiss me, Miss Tina Plotkin. What? Nikki? Can't you hear me? Read my lips, doll face. It is uncanny how Rock manages to throw his voice in sync with my lips. He's a master ventriloquist, but the connection we have seems supernatural, almost as if he and I are the same person. It was becoming a little more than uncomfortable pitching woo with Rock peeking out of a wardrobe. Good thing he has me say goodnight to Tina, then help him out of his hiding place. Tina had said I seemed more... confident, and it was true. I was starting to think Rock's plan might work after all. After a good night's sleep, Rock and I meet downtown. We figure if the plan is going to work, we need to hit the street and get the word out. It's your daily flu, folks! Salmon speaks! Dick determined to testify at trial. Haddock in hot water. Read all about it. Oh, hiya, Mr. Handy. Hiya, Mr. Salmon. Morning, buddy. I'll take a paper. It's not every day your partner makes page one. Keep the change. Oh, gee, thanks, Mr. Handy. Wow, four cents. Hey, Mr. Salmon, you're famous. Who knew all you had to do was get hit in the neck with a stick of lumber? Uh, ain't you worried about those goons coming back, though, and pounding on you? Oh, now that you can talk again and all, oh, you're sure brave. I'd be hiding under the covers, if I had covers. Oh, yeah? I'd like to see him try anything. Those thugs are the ones that should worry. Let me let you in on a little secret, buddy. I've been working on my boxing skills, and this time, I'll be ready. Oh, jeepers. Can you sign a paper for me, Mr. Salmon? Why, you're more famous than Buster Crab. A crowd starts to gather. I look around at the throng and notice a rather large fellow with his hand inside his trench coat. His expression is a somber contrast to the ring of excited smiles around me. He starts forward, glaring menacingly. I brace myself, waiting to see what he pulls out from his coat, when all of a sudden, flash bulbs explode and he fades back into the crowd. There he is, fellas, Nicolio Salmon, 
And look at that boxing stance. Carl Garibaldi, Daily Flume. Well, that's it. Get your camera in there, Charlie. Smile, Mr. Salmon. Make sure you get my good side, boys. Yeah, maybe take a punch at the picture of Haddock on the paper. Sure, that'd make a swell front page. Uh, hold that paper up, son. Sure, I'll punch a hole right there, Mr. Salmon. I was getting caught up in the whole thing and started to feel as tough as I sounded. It was exhilarating. I'd try a little fancy footwork, then launch a straight jab at the copy of the Daily Flume. My fist hits Haddock's picture square in the jaw and punches clear through the newspaper and into the unfortunately placed newsstand behind it. I hear a crunch and try and hide the pain shooting from my crumpled hand. I don't think anyone notices, but now I can add a busted hand to the running list of my injuries. Any word for our readers? Sure I do. This town's been run by creeps like Haddock long enough. Now that my voice is back, I'm going to use it to protect the little guys. Franklin Haddock and his goons are going to be spending the rest of their days behind bars. Behind bars? Are you suggesting my client has a drinking problem? Lawyer to the quests, Lance Sternwood. And his handsome partner, Cecil Cumberbatch. <laughs> oh, what's so funny? He, he's speaking a little, guys. Thanks for sticking your neck out for us, Salmon. Well, it appears you have experienced quite a miraculous recovery, Mr. Salmon. Uh, say there, Rocky, it sure is lucky to have such a multi-talented partner to help you out. What's the matter, Handy? Cat got your tongue? Don't you have an ambulance to chase Sternwood? I see. You better rest your voice, Salmon. Tomorrow's gonna be a big day. But I'm sure you know that. You're no dummy. Good day. What he said. Lawyer was on to us. Don't know how he figured it out. But all of a sudden, I don't feel so confident anymore. I noticed the large ape from earlier fall in line behind Lance and his dummy Cecil. They keep looking back at us as they walk away. I couldn't hear what they were saying, but I'm sure it wasn't good. And to top it all off, now my hand is screaming bloody murder. Say, what brand of hat do you wear there, Mr. Salmon? I read his one. All right, all right. Break it up, fellas. My partner has to get some rest. See you in the funny papers, detectives. I sure hope you do, buddy. I really sure hope you do. Will the detectives find a way to testify against Franklin Haddock? Will Nix ever regain his voice? Is the new DA any match for Lance Sternwood and Cecil? Find out in the exciting conclusion of Double Talk next week on Puppet Hunt. Whoa, cliffhanger. That's quite a cliff to be hung on, whether they're going to... Well, it really wasn't that much of a cliffhanger. No, it he just lost his voice. Yeah, and they were out in the the city center. But anyway, so the whole good. episode I, is built very... around laryngitis, right? Yeah, that's, which is that's, that's a very strange tough pull on the radio. But they got the uh, the otolaryngologist back into it, Doctor Gladys Case Castings. Doctor Gladys Casings, yes. Ca- How do you say it? Casings. She's been in about four episodes Castings. now. Yeah. Castings. And I think they keep changing up the voice actors. That was like a completely different rock handy. We've never I heard that. I noticed that too, yeah. Yeah. A lot of different voices. Probably like the most effeminate yet. Yeah. Very, 
Yeah, very always, very girly. But always the same Blonson. It's the definitely the same guy doing Blonson. Blonson. How, how would you have the same actor doing a that Blonson? A minor character and then constantly changing the major character. So like maybe there's like I don't a no, maybe there was a strike drinking problem of the, ah that's know, common that you know that's funny that you bring this up yes because i did a little research uh before the show mm. as you know i'm off i want to do is that the word close enough uh so the character nicks uh nicolio salmon nicolio yes. nick salmon mm. uh he was played almost the whole run by a, a character actor named carl fralty are you familiar with this person? I think you say his last name differently, but go on. Fralty. Yeah. Uh, so, in, according to my... There's nothing on Wikipedia, by the way. So, anybody out there that wants to start a Wikipedia page or wiki mm. on the on, uh, right, on Puppet Hunt, the Puppet Hunt wiki, right. you can include oh, this. yes. You that started would be that something. as well. What's that? You started a wiki for us. I did already? You... I thought you did. It was like one of those late night texts. It was like... Came in at like 2 a.m. Was it last night? Yeah. Okay. This explains so there's a lot. not a wiki yet? No, there might be. Okay. But I need to, I'll go back and sort of reconstruct what happened. All right. Uh, Carl Fralty, uh, so he worked on many radio shows, uh, some in the same genre, including some of your favorites, Johnny Dollar. You might have heard ah, of that one. Yes. Because you're always talking about it. Which Johnny Dollar would often change the the main character Johnny Dollar was played by multiple actors. So uh -huh. that's yeah, I guess that was a yeah, he worked a, on that a one. Commonality of uh, Boston early, Blackie early radio. Okay, Do you know that one. I've heard of that one through you. Uh huh. Uh, and uh, this is not confirmed, but according to my research, he was married to Lucille Ball. Huh. For many years. That was up this, until the seventies. This was my research. something you found out through a Bing search. Uh, it was in the on the internet. Yes. Okay. Various sources. All right. So I far, linked around a lot. Yeah. So far, a lot of your Bing searches have turned out to be uh, dubious. I find it more more. Uh, I, we've had this discussion in private. I know you like the design of the page. Better. I like the the smoothability it of it. Mean that the accuracy ergonomics is going to match up with your satisfaction. And it comes up when I I don't know how to reset it. So uh, when I, I press search, yes. it comes up. Right. And that's something I respect. Stay with Bing then. So Lucille Ball has a connection. So it's interesting that thematically, yeah. Nix loses his voice. This is all about throwing your voice, this, okay. this world. I'm with and you. he's it's a piece of wood that takes his voice out, and the puppets are made oh, of wood. Wait, this is good stuff. Yeah. This is psychological. Yeah. I was getting I was getting lost in the episode. I wow. you know, not so much in the actual plot, but in my yeah. own my own your notes look ruminations. A lot different than mine. Yeah. Very organized. What are those Roman numerals? Uh well, that's just how I think. Okay. Yeah. In Latin. I've noticed Nix gives a lot of flowers out. He's given flowers to various women. He's buying flowers in this okay. episode. He yeah. tried to give rock flowers as a consolation mm, thing. That didn't work out. I think that's very sweet of his, you know, he's he's both loyal and he's... He, he is very loyal. He tries to reach out uh, to, to different people in a world that's, that's a little more... Uh, he's kind of ahead of his time in a way. He's a sensitive mm -hmm. male. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In this, in this climate, again... The Me Too era, he's it's a refreshing breath of he's perfumed like a, air, like a salve, like, like the, oh, the ad, the much ad, like the ad. That's, yeah. that's a good segue into the. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't. I had to write it down sound. a couple times. What is he saying? Because I couldn't understand. It's not. Yeah. It's not a word that comes across very well on some the kind audio. Of buttery cream. Yeah, salve. 
is huh. something that doesn't. It's a word that yeah. reads better than it sounds on it's the a air. It's a different time. What was that pop sound that I was in figure the, that out. I wrote in the down. commercial? I think it was maybe it was a, a it was audio like a glitch kind of thing. Wow, that like, was good. Thank you. What was that? So you can make that the, sound just by hitting like your a, hand against your lips. Yeah. Not to brag, but wow. Yeah. I'm not gonna even try that. Uh, so I noticed there were some Australians again with the, uh, again with the Australian syndicate and then, but Saki Haddock did not sound Australian. It's an Australian name. It's Saki. Is it? Yeah. Like down to the bingo, uh, Saki. That's from, um, what's that show? Down Under with the knife? I am completely. Put your bingo in my baby. Saki? I thought Saki sounded Slavic to me, which is another... Oh, the character? Yeah, the character. Oh, okay. Oh, you're then, talking about the name Saki. Well, no, Haddock, Haddock would be a, a fish name, right? Haddock Almost is a, a family type of name. fish, right? And then you have Muscle Roll... What's the other guy's name? Russell was? Mulray. Oh, yeah. I was thinking that was like a... He was originally fish named, and then he, like, maybe... Yeah. I think Mulray was a very common name back then. Kind of like Smith. Well, so, Muscle... No, it's Russell Mulray sure. is the name. Yeah. All right, and then you've got Ray as a type of skate, right? Ray. So there's all these street names Ray with Grimes. fish. Oh, mm. well. Mm. You think it's, it could be just like accidental, right? Could be accidental. I don't know if they're working on quite the level. Dr. That Castings? That were casings. Oh, it's casings. N- not yeah, quite at the level that we're scrutinizing the show. I don't I don't uh-huh. think the writers put as much effort into... I like into... The, the wood to the neck thing, so I think you yeah, might be that, into this. That seems intentional to me, because obviously that's a major plot point, that you have a person who is not a ventriloquist uh-huh. losing his voice because of a piece of wood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, it, didn't, not... it seemed like every bit of information in here went straight to the plot. That's something that I noticed. And also, this is super important, that 2 by 4s back then weren't weren't right now they're about one and three quarter inches by three and three quarter inches i've heard this before but back then they were two inches by four inches so you can just imagine oh that stick of lumber smacking you right in the adam's apple now how do you know that in the 1940s two by fours were actually two by four i have an old house oh really and Mm -hmm. you've measured them yeah i measured them well good for you yeah yeah, mm-hmm. maybe get some fan mail on that. Oh, yeah, send Did you it in. Measure them independently of this episode. Or? I measured it with my phone. There's an app on your phone because I didn't want to get up on the ladder. They were up in the rafters. Right. I'm saying of your own curiosity, or was it this episode that led you to measure the two by fours in your? I forget your why attic? I did it. I think I was just bored. I was out there looking for those record albums, and then I saw my. Ah, uh, right. What happened? I saw my ladder, and I thought I could get up there. And take a look, and maybe there'd be some more up there. Well, I didn't want to do that, because that was a lot of work. So I decided to use the app on my phone. But then I couldn't see them, so I had to get a light. And the the funny thing is, every mm. time I plug something into the same plug yes. as my space heater, it mm. trips the breaker. So I plug in the lamp to shoot it up there to take a picture of this thing, and it trips the breaker. So now i got to go out to the breaker box and reset that. Mm. Uh, the irony was my phone also has a light on it, so I could have just used that. I'm thinking of the irony of we've asked the listeners to look in their attics for old episodes, Mm. and we don't think that your house originally had them, and now it is like you're looking in the attic for old episodes that you've It's an old house. I don't know what's up there. You keep moving boxes. You put things in boxes and not label them. I mean, I don't want to put you on the grill here, but I know 
that when I've looked at your garage, when we were trying to find the episodes that were, we yeah. actually knew where they were, and yeah. then I come over again, and then they're gone, uh-huh. and I'm like, okay, where are they? And you're like, oh, they're up in the attic in those yeah. boxes, and we there's like 19 boxes and no labels on any of them. Look, and when then, I moved in, there was boxes up there. I moved into this old house, and it was filled with boxes, and right. they were like tapes and records and stuff so i pushed them to the back right and then when i started getting you said here's some tapes i just put them up there too so i haven't gotten to the stuff that was originally in there that's been there since i moved in um it makes me think maybe i should look at those original boxes because maybe maybe there was some stuff in those as so well. you think the the package that inspired us to start this podcast was maybe to try and complete a trove that was already at your address? Yeah, because there was a bunch of boxes up there already with uh, tapes and records and stuff. And what happened to those? They're still up there. I assume, unless somebody took them down. But now all this other stuff is in the way. Was the box that started this podcast, was that actually addressed to you? Uh, no, it was the previous occupant. Aha! Okay. So everything's sort of coming together now? For In what the way? The pieces of the puzzle are still... How is this separate? Well, again, maybe somebody was trying to squirrel away all of these episodes oh, in the same squirrel. attic or the same address. The previous Do you know who the previous owner was? No. All right. If listeners, if you are the previous owner of Matt's house, of my house, yeah. Do you want to give? Do you feel comfortable giving out the street address? Sure, I don't have any problem with that. Okay, I'll give it out. All right. So I noticed that. Um, I think in every episode, Rock eats something. Every episode? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of mouth sounds and a lot oh, of him mm-hmm. talking with his mouth full. Yeah. What do you think that's... Uh, food, maybe. Like, kind of like, they have what they call like a character Bible or something, and they just know that, that like, this is, oh, he's a hungry, he, always, he also talks about being hungry a lot. Mm. And maybe it's an existential hunger. Yeah, sometimes, I know in the 1940s it was really popular to uh, kind of co-opt psychology into the writing of of entertainment. And so there's a lot of Freudian stuff, so like he's trying to fill himself up. Oh, yeah, with the sausage. I see where you're going with this. It's a family show. Yeah, he does talk about Vienna sausage a lot. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good. Vienna sausage would be short. Speaking of which, on the same topic... Did you notice that that whole kissing scene? It yes. made me very uncomfortable, and this is 2017. I couldn't uh, believe that they they could do that on the radio. It's that's so what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, and with the mores of the time, there's a lot of fish streets, fish like named streets. What? Uh, there's a lot of fish named streets in Large Neck. I hadn't noticed. Well, I mean, I I think there's there's the the industries. The there's the pork and oyster building. So and then okay. Nick Salmon pork is, is obviously not a fish. right. So your your interpretation is these are named well the people are named after fish, some of them huh yeah, not well Nick Salmon, that's a fish. There is uh, a theory that if you are living in a place that has a similar name to your name, there's a connection that your parents were influenced by their surroundings. So like in I forget where it is like. In Atlanta, there's more people named Atlanta or something like like St. Louis. If you live in St. Louis, you're more likely to be named Louis. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, Austin, Texas has more Austins than anybody else, any other city. Oh, people would be more. Well, no, someone would be named Large Neck, though. 
Like Jonathan Largeneck. Well, I don't know if it would change your last name. It'd be more like a first name oh. kind of thing. But Largeneck then Jonathan? Nix is drawn to this, uh, wherever he came from, wherever he came from, he was drawn to this city. Oh, I see. Well, maybe, maybe we'll find out later. Maybe they'll be like, uh, he has some ancestors there. Because he certainly is an outsider. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if, if anybody else thinks about the show as much as we do. Or you do. Well, I do have a, a show journal. Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. And that whiteboard. Again, that's really impressive. Well, I don't think you can you can link everybody without a visual. Like, you need yeah. the visual, you need the strings, and you need the... I was wondering what that was. That's what that is? That board you have with all the strings? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to... I mean, it's actually... Right now, it's a pretty simple it's more like just like a rectangle yeah you just don't won't let me look at it uh i don't have too much on this but i do like buddy's uh reenactment of gunfire like that's that mm -hmm. sounds like a, a really uh like, engaging part of the show yeah the ray gun ray gun yeah doesn't he do that no he doesn't have a ray gun he has a machine gun that he I'm imitates the sound else. of yeah i think he really looks up uh I know we haven't recorded much for this post show so far, so I just want to go a little deeper on 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 the character of Buddy. Sure. So Buddy and Nix both really look up to Rock Candy. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it is not, it's not um, justified. Earned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think in that era, if you were a taciturn male, you could essentially gain the favor of both young boys and and and. I don't think he was taciturn. I mean, he comes across as effeminate, like you said, uh, in his voice. But yes. there's nothing in his action that makes him seem taciturn. All right. Well, I mean, he's always talking about ladies and, oh, look at the lady, and I like this lady. Really he falls for that girl. So feel like my hands, are, my hands are tied on this one because of that uh, Rowan Sears email from earlier about being smug so i mean, wasn't he almost married to tina plotkin or something like that yes well then i don't want to can't be taciturn actually I, like i say i feel really tongue-tied right now tongue-tied and taciturn all right well on that note ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to uh another episode of large neck virgin puppet hunt puppet hunt double talk part one Part two is on the flip side of this LP, so we will mm -hmm. get this one out. I don't know if we should start trying to get them out on a semi-regular oh, basis. I wanted to tell you something about that. Uh, when I was putting away the album, yeah. I put it back in the sleeve. Yeah. I can't find it. All right. So, again, either Maybe next week or in... Well, we should have just recorded both. Yeah. All right. Well, we will... Oh, I should look on the microwave. I yeah, want. I think that's where it is. It's on the microwave. Okay. Well, in that event, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Puppet, Puppet Hunt, Hunt Double Talk Part One.